The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It has uh, been a remarkable few days for space exploration. We saw the SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule splash down in the Gulf of Mexico just off the coast of Florida with astronauts uh, Doug Hurley. And Bob Benkin safely inside. We saw the successful launch of the next Mars rover. Perseverance is expected to land there February of next year. And SpaceX just flew a full-size prototype of its Starship Mars colonizing spacecraft for, craft for the first time ever. While it seems like things have been happening at a fast and furious pace, all of this has been years in the making, of course, and lays the groundwork for the future of space travel. Dr. David Alexander is the director of the Rice Space Institute in Houston, Texas. Dr. Alexander, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for asking me. It's a great pleasure to be here. So when I say, um, you know, the past few days, I describe them as, as remarkable uh, with what has happened with the return of uh, Crew Dragon, with uh, Perseverance being launched, with, uh, with uh, the, the Starship Mars um, prototype. I, I described it as remarkable. Is that fair? How would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, I would actually add the word amazing. I mean, it's uh, a lot of the, if you follow all the feeds and so on, very few people are getting a lot of sleep because of something happening. <laughs> you know, every few minutes it seems. But the good thing is that they've been quite successful. There's been no, there's been uh, a couple of delays, but no accidents. Um, and yeah, it's one after the other. So the science side, the exploration side. So yeah, it's been it's been quite a, quite a ride the last Doc- few days. Dr. Alexander, I think the last time we talked, uh, Falcon 9, uh, SpaceX Falcon 9 was just about to take off or had just taken off. Two months literally flew by. Uh, the success of that launch uh, with the time up there, the experiments and the return to Earth by Crew Dragon. Um, and I saw an article that said that this really puts the future of U.S. space travel and space exploration in the hands of Elon Musk. You know, what is, I think that's a fair statement, but what does that mean for space travel in the U.S. Uh, moving forward? And, and is it a good idea to put it all into one basket? Well, I think I think Elon Musk and SpaceX deserve a, a huge amount of credit. Um, there was a lot of skeptics initially um, as to you know, whether having a private business effectively uh, do this with NASA buying services as opposed to the previous way of doing it where, where NASA basically looked over the company's shoulder, the contractor's shoulder every second. Um, and I think what they've done is proven that it can be done and it can be done well and it can be done effectively. And there are other companies out there, of course. Um, ULA were the ones who launched the Perseverance rover. Um, and so there's a number of... What this does is it kind of, you know... Uh, brings more people into the conversation, it allows for greater innovation, I think, um, and it allows NASA to get on with designing the next steps. So I think um, this is all important, it's all uh, exciting to see, and it bodes well, not just for the United States, but there are um, private companies in Canada and, and around the world that are looking to contribute to, to this exploration. So I think it's a, it's really quite exciting, given, given the news around... Yeah, COVID-19 or something. It's nice to see a little bit of a silver lining here. 
Dr. Alexander, um, interesting. I want to talk with you about uh, the return to Earth of uh, Bob and Doug in Crew Dragon and why that was such an important aspect of all of this. Having them return safely, um, you know, a, a, watery, a watery return, you know, um, the parachutes, all of that. Can you explain to my listeners why that was such an important aspect of this? Obviously, you want to get your astronauts home safe, but the way that it was done, why that was such a, a, a pivotal point in in this start to finish? Well, I think you're, I think you're right there. I mean, I think that uh, obviously getting up into space is only half the job done. You have to bring your crew back, particularly when you're when you're talking about human beings. And so, so I think uh, there are a number of challenges. The, the two dangerous parts of, of space is getting there and coming back. And um, a lot of things have to go right, and everything has to be copacetic, as they say. So I think um, so I think this was good. Everything went on the on the button. Um, Obviously, there was a little bit of issue uh, on the landing site, on the landing, uh, on the landing site, because of the yeah, kind of tourists uh, trying, to, <laughs> trying to get close. But, um, but no, I mean, I think everything worked well. There was a huge storm heading up the Florida coast, and so they had. Uh, you have to worry about uh, having alternate sites that the uh, that the crew can get to. Um, obviously, the U.S. has been uh, because they launch across water. They need to design to land in water in case, for instance, they have to abort shortly after launch. So, so this is where the the water launch comes in from the United States perspective. Um, the Russians, of course, land uh, pretty heavily on the ground, um, mm-hmm. and so so being able to get back to that, uh, we didn't do it for many years because of the space shuttle. Um, so the fact that it was successful, uh, I think pretty much everything went according to plan. Um, it's great. It's just great to see, and it bodes well for the future. Dr. David Alexander is the director of the Rice Space Institute in Houston, Texas, joining us this afternoon. Let's still with SpaceX. Tell us about this Starship test flight, uh, the importance that, of that, and the potential mission to Mars. Um, Musk, Elon Musk, tweeted shortly after the test flight yesterday, saying Mars is looking real. It, it took to the skies for about 40 seconds. Everything has to start somewhere. Yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like watching a grain silo kind of rise 150 <laughs> into the air. And, and but but they've been trying. They've had a couple of aborts. In fact, they had one I think because of a boat on the range. Um, but I think uh, they've had a couple of. Uh, sorry, that was that's a But uh, they've had a, a couple of delays. Um, they've had a couple of uh, failures as they've done some of the static fire tests. But this is how SpaceX works. They basically. Uh, push to failure so that they can learn and make the next step. And so within a few short months, really, they've taken a bunch of metal, steel, turned it into a, a cylinder and been able to, uh, to do a controlled launch and, and uh, return. So uh, this is the first step towards Elon's vision of um, a space rocket, a rocket and a spacecraft that can carry 100 people at a time and ideally carry them all the way to Mars. Um, that's a whole other conversation about colonizing Mars, but uh, mm-hmm. but certainly certainly a rocket like that will have a lot of other applications. And uh, again, any success is a great success, and, and this is one step on a long journey. But, uh, but again, they've been successful. It's, it's really good to see.
And it's happening in Texas, which is also Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Alexander, what is it about Mars? What, you know, there's been so much talk about Mars and about colonizing Mars and about, you know, uh, the rovers going to Mars and trying to learn more about it. What is it that um, that so many people um, and, and researchers want to get there and find out more? Why that planet? Well, there's, there's, there's two different parts of the conversation, I would think. Uh, one, of course, is the scientific aspect, and then the other is the potential, um, um, I don't want like to use the word colonization, but the, the, the potential for humans to live and work uh, on a, on a, a body uh, other than the Earth. And um, from the scientific perspective, uh, obviously Venus, uh, Venus is the, the real sister planet to the Earth in terms of size and and proximity, but it's not a very welcoming environment. Uh, Mars has its own problems, but we still, because of the history of Mars, we know it had uh, flowing liquid water in its past. Um, it had a magnetic field um, to protect and a decent-sized atmosphere. So there is potential that we can find evidence for life either that once existed on Mars, and that will tell us a lot about um, life on Earth and life in the universe as a whole. And there's even some hope that there may be still some evidence of existing life on Mars. And that would be, obviously, scientifically an amazing discovery, but it would also have an impact on how we approach future missions to Mars, whether it be humans or robots. So I think that Mars has always been an exciting place, Um, you know, from the God of War all the way through to... um, more of the world, you know, it's always been something that we've been fascinated by as human beings. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's accessible. It's, uh, you know, we've managed to work out how to land the right kind of size robots on it. Um, and it seems that it would be after the moon and understanding how to do the human aspects there, um, it would be the obvious next step. And so there is this huge excitement. Um, you could potentially live on Mars with a lot of work. Um, we probably could not live on Venus. Um, okay. Before I let you go, Dr. Alexander, what should we be watching for next? What is what is on your uh, horizon when it comes to um, what's going to be the next step in all of this? What is going to be the next exciting moment, and what can we look forward to? Well, so I think obviously getting the Artemis program going, which is the uh, the uh, getting back to the moon program, mm. uh, and again the Canadian Space Agency is a big part of that. But I think the next step up is the crew one, the very the, very, the, the first official crewed mission from SpaceX. This was technically a demonstration mission, um, yeah. and on the next crew, I'm proud to say that Shannon Walker will be going up. She has got all three of her degrees from Rice University, so we're, we're all nice. very uh, proud, of, proud of Shannon. So she's on that, that next crew to go up. Um, and so that will technically be the first uh, official SpaceX crewed mission. Um, and so that's something that will come up pretty soon. Well, obviously, uh, in the next seven months to a year, there'll be the, uh, a couple of missions arriving at Mars. Uh, the, the United Arab Emirates launched their first mission there. Chinese as well, and of course, we launched Perseverance. So there's a lot of real excitement to happen, um, and uh, there's also a lot of small companies launching launching payloads, uh, you know, for various government organisations for science and for the monitoring uh, uh, the environment and so on. So it's an ongoing business. But the, for me, the big excitement will be the next the next crew mission uh, from SpaceX, which they haven't 
don't think as of today they've decided to find a date yet, but it may be before the end of the year or certainly early next year. Dr. Alexander, always great talking with you. Thanks for making time this afternoon. And thank you for thinking of me. It's a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, take care. Dr. David Alexander joining us this afternoon. He is the director of the Rice Space Institute in Houston, Texas. As you heard, uh, Shannon Walker uh, getting all of her degrees from uh, the Rice Space Institute and has been named to uh, the next uh, SpaceX mission, which will be the first official crewed mission, as as you heard. Uh, Dr. Alexander saying that the, S1, the last one was really, you know, like a test run. Um, but it was interesting to hear uh, the astronauts, Doug Hurley and, and Bob Benekin, uh, Doug, Doug and Bob, which I know we still all chuckle about that uh, here in Canada, saying that they were uh, almost speechless as as far as how everything uh, went and how well the, the mission went, how, how the vehicle went. Um, and it was interesting, too, and, and you heard Dr. Alexander talk about this, the return to Earth, and I think so many of us, certain, you know, my age, you know, if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, you've been used to seeing return to Earth in the shuttles, right? And this one was, no, in the Crew Dragon capsule, plunging down into into the water uh, just off the off the uh, the coast of Florida in the, in the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, there were parachutes that had to be deployed. And that was one of the really big issues is they're like, we can't test the parachutes. You know, once they're packed, you know, we got to get it right. It's the important part about parachutes, um, but making sure that that uh, Crew Dragon capsule uh, could withstand that unbelievable uh, amount of, of heat. They said it looked like a toasted marshmallow when it landed in the water. One of the other issues, and you heard the doctor touch on this, was that um, unforeseen that there were a number of boats in the area. Uh, you know, people showing up to watch this thing plunge down into the water. Come on, people, really? You know, back away, back away. My gosh, can you imagine that thing come flying out of the air and smack your boat? Come on. Uh, anyway, so they're going to have to look at that uh, moving forward as well. Always interested to talk about what's happening uh, with space exploration with Dr. Alexander. Hope you enjoyed it uh, as well. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.